going on, my friends? Okay. Dr. Drill here. I'm departing the friggin' uh, Gwyn and Mercy University parking lot. Just taught a class on the urinary system. Students seemed a little bit somewhat engaged. I used my best stories about uh, the silver bullet, you know, somebody, if you don't hydrate and you're out there exerting, you can friggin' go down as heat casualty and got to check your core temperature with a uh, anal thermometer. Told them that story about trying to drive the point home about hydration, which the kidneys help us accomplish. Uh, all kinds of stories. Told them much about UTIs. You don't want to sweep the dirt in the kitchen. Be sure not to wipe your ass backwards. <laughs> uh, sometimes they don't... Um, They don't laugh. Some of them do, and others are, uh, I don't know. I don't think they freaking get it. Like, mouth breathers up there. Just, it's early, it's Tuesday. Try to keep it real, though, you know? But majority of them did, did real well. Knocked out that, ex that uh, lecture in inside of uh, an hour. Heading home now. I'm gonna see my girl Momi. Come back for a lab in a couple hours. So I have uh, a pretty cool. Uh, come on, Anus. It's always my favorite when somebody pulls out into the intersection, and you know they're gonna be making a left, and I'm gonna be making a right, and they pull out like they're gonna fuck, like they're ready to go, like they're in such a hurry that they're gonna jut their uh, front end out just out into traffic like listen Peter yield alright so interesting topic of conversation uh, from this book the book is called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle so I mentioned this in the previous uh, podcast pretty cool book uh, he's he's uh, the, the author and the, the narrator, Eckhart Tolle, is very zen-like. So he's very, very quiet and talks about things very matter-of-factly. When, you know, like, it's, it's, I think it's important stuff. It's great content. He's talking about spiritual awakening and all this. And, you know, I'm interested so it really makes a lot of sense, though. Something he said, he just said, he's talking about the, the body and how we need to look into the body and essentially use it to find our center. Like our center is in the body, is the point that he's saying. Use it, I'm, I'm feeling, as a kind of biofeedback mechanism. So if you're, we, we spend entirely too much time in our minds, he's saying, which I believe is true. Talk to people, and I believe Eckhart's going to be getting into meditation, is what he's saying when he says, go into the body. I believe he's saying, find your center, follow your breath, and a way, ultimately, to 
find a place of peace and calm. You find that, that peaceful place and try to turn your mind off for a little bit because we are forever thinking about every little detail of our day, right? From the time we awake, we awaken. We're thinking about all the little nitty-gritty stuff that we need to do and all these feelings and emotions and to-do lists, etc. And there are consequences from being switched on like that all the time. What are they? Stress, anxiety, depression, um, prioritizing on the wrong things, you name it. So I'm all about and have been practicing mindfulness meditation. I've been doing it on virtual reality. I've been doing it on audio guidance. I've been doing it without any of that. And it helps quite a bit. Dude wrote a book a while back called 10% Happier. And it was all about mindfulness meditation. How he was all frazzled and he, he decided to, he was like a news anchor, he was all fucked up, stressed out, running around trying to you know, be the next Dan Rather or something. And he just wigged out, had a breakdown. It was too much. So he started meditating and with practice he got better at it, more efficient and was able to become, he theorizes, 10% happier. So his meditation makes him 10% happier. It can't prevent all your stresses, but it can give you a method to deal with them. It can help you conserve some of your energy, which is so crucial, so important to your bodily function and physically and mentally. So Eckhart is saying... Uh, he's talking about the body and he explains, this is his theory, that when man separated from beasts a very, very long time ago, and I've read suggestions that humanoid creatures were identified hundreds of thousands, if not a couple million years ago. We were no longer walking on four legs. We adopted bipedal locomotion, We adopted a greater brain case, so the capacity of our brain expanded. Think about what separates human beings from a chimpanzee, which is one of our closest relatives. I believe we share about 99% of our DNA with chimpanzees. And so, at some point we split off from the beasts. Or we developed a supercomputer that sits between our eyes and we can solve all kinds of problems, we can communicate, we can um, develop our own personalities with this incredible computing power, this mind of ours. It's wonderful. Consciousness. Meanwhile, comparatively, our cousins, the apes, were still running around the uh, the jungle, 
foraging and stuff, but we found a way to increase our lot. We became very competitive, and now we are, you know, the, one of the dominant life forms on this, on our scale, on the planet. I say on our scale because bacteria far outnumber us, and we're essentially a host to them. But at some point, we started buying our own bullshit and believing that we are made in the, uh, the image of God or Jesus or Muhammad or whoever and that we are so special. We need to look outside of our own bodies and to our favorite deity, which there have been thousands across the, the course of history. The four major ones, right? You've got Muhammad, you've got friggin' Jesus, <clears throat> you've got the Buddha, Moses and Thor and Dragon um, Zeus and Persephone <clears throat> David Koresh and Charles Manson I mean like <laughs> not putting these people on the same level as one another but you get it right uh, we worship different things we worship <clears throat> these deities that we feel are represent something bigger than us. And so uh, the, the, our, the answers to our problems couldn't possibly come from within us, within our own mind and body. It's got to be something bigger that we worship and therefore that we turn our attention to. So Eckhart is saying all this. I'm extrapolating some of it and making it my own. But his point is, is that God is within, the God, quote-unquote, resides within each of us, in a way. All right, so the answers to a lot of our problems, some people might pray for those answers. They might look to an external source. But what, made, what separates us from the beast is that we don't rely upon our bodies. We're not just skin and bones and muscle and sinew and a brain running everything. We gotta be more than that. We have to be better. Something special, if you will. But science tells us that beyond some of the things like opposable thumbs and greater capacity to think and problem solve, we're not really so different from most mammals. We run on the same energy systems. If it really comes down to it, there's not much that separates us from a jellyfish to a puma and an anaconda or a chipmunk. We all have DNA, which are the instruction manuals inside of each cell of our body that tell us how everything is supposed to run. And depending upon the environment that the whatever life form developed, that's going to, those instruction manuals are going to do their thing. They're going to, they're going to guide the way. So we have DNA and all other mammals and life forms essentially have DNA. We all run on the same energy systems. Adenosine triphosphate. We all are um, have groups of cells that become tissues, tissues make organs, organ systems, 
I all have a nervous system. So we have some things in common that make us all brothers and sisters, all related in terms of our operations on this planet. We might look different. We might perform some of our bodily functions differently, but we all have a way to uh, enter the food chain, access it for our energy needs and repair purposes. And we all can become part of the food chain. We're all funk. We're all subject to the the uh, <clears throat> laws of physics and to the constraints of life on this planet. None of us are are above that. Now, man is very impressive, and we've accomplished so much. Technology's crazy. It's solving a lot of problems. It's going to solve more. It's going to create a shitload of problems. It has. We're not being very good to our planet. We're trying to extract those finite or infinite resources from a finite planet. That's a fact. But uh, man did various things in order to separate ourselves from our body, to not look within our body for for answers or for solace. So we disassociated from it. We talk about the efforts of religion where... Um, we talked about our sexual things or, or our um, our bodily functions were taboo. You can't talk about poop or pee. You can't talk about sexual intercourse. It's kind of like, you know, you can't masturbate. You know, this is a sin. And we talk about these things like um, they're real. That we should be ashamed of of our mod, more modest about various things. Well, you know, turds aren't don't smell good, and, and you know they're they're kind of unsavory. P two, you know, and sexual intercourse is a uh, we, man and woman are monogamous, largely, although some people have problems with that. So it's a private business, is reproduction, but. Uh, I mean, I know people. This guy I know, he's probably 80-something now. But he was telling me, back in the day, I remember him telling me on multiple occasions how, oh, oh, no, no, that that thing. Like, he's talking about masturbation. He's like, yeah, you know, I can still, I'm 70-something, but I can still, uh, I still function down there, you know, thank God. Um, If I can't use that, then whatever, and he said, oh yeah, like back in the day, you know, uh, it was a sin, you know, the church, we were taught that masturbation was bad, so kind of like a dissociation with the body, uh, in various ways, also, just separating the mind and the body, establishing this, um, this sense that human beings are super special, and we can't possibly think this way. We, we are the answers to our problems can't possibly lie within the mind or the body. That we need to look to uh, super uh, net supernatural being in order to find the answers to problems. And Eckhart doesn't 
thumb his nose entirely at religion, but uh, I like, I'm picking up what he's putting down. That human beings, particularly now more than ever, we spend entirely too much time in our heads. Like our minds are constantly going. And therefore, we don't really find any peace. We went from, you know, hundreds of thousands of years, 10,000 years sounds like a long time. But you think about how far we've come in 500 years. We went from ox carts and horse and buggies and bows and arrows a couple hundred years, you know. The car was invented. A hundred years ago or more. So we haven't had transportation, computers, all these gadgets that we have, cell phones that I'm recording a podcast on. We went from zero to 60 real fucking fast. And so our minds were not given sufficient time to adapt. And it's change, change is happening so frequently that all these little superstitions that we used to rely upon the simpler world. Let me tell you, the world ain't getting any simpler, my friends. We're trying, I feel, to uh, recognize some of the deficiencies that we have in society. And they're on display on a regular basis, <clears throat> politically, more than anything. You know, you look at the, uh, the way that our politicians and and people in public office regard one another and on a national and uh, international level. We're still thinking on a very low level and uh, causing more problems than we solve. And so I think that there's a case made for going within, seeking within the body, listening to the body, you know, I'm a doctor in physical medicine. The notion of regarding our own body, becoming more familiar with it, listening to it. I'll tell people, oh, you just listen to your body. You know, don't do these stretches, but non-painful stretches and do them a few times a day. And just listen to your body. Let it, you know, see how it shakes out. Stay limber, stretch a little bit throughout the Well, how many times should I stretch? For how long? Just fucking stretch, man. Just get moving. Move. Motion is lotion, but people need like specific, uh, you know, instruction manual to do this stuff. You know, just go on YouTube, you know, access this video, do this stretch. How many times? Do it when you can, several times a day. Don't need a recipe for it. <clears throat> anyway, I think a case is made, and I'm going to listen further into this book and see what he has to say about some of these important topics. But a case is made for retreating into the body and away from the mind, because the mind is full. The mind is overwhelmed in so many people. So we should nourish the mind with things that it needs. Sometimes it needs to be turned off or restarted. Sometimes you can run an antivirus program talking through your problems you know um, 
managing your stresses, but sometimes you just need a hard restart for everything to come back to sync to life. And that means turning off the computer for a little bit, unplugging. Anyway, I thought it's interesting. I'll, I'll continue this conversation as I get further into the book. Have a great day. I'm going to go home see my girl, Momi, between classes here. Take her for a nice walk. <laughs>